This is Bucket Talk, a weekly podcast for people who work in the trades and construction that aren't just trying to survive, but have the ambition and desire to thrive. The opportunity in the trades and construction is absolutely ridiculous right now. So if you're hungry, it's time to eat. We discuss what it takes to rise from the bottom to the top with people who are well on their way and roll up their sleeves every single day. This is Jeremy and Eric here with Bucket Talk, powered by Brunt. On this week, we have Matt Stanley of American Asphalt and Paving, also founder of Raised on Blacktop. But before we get into it, Eric. All right. So this past weekend, we were in Daytona for our NASCAR race, the end of the season race. Incredible time, as always. We've talked about it before, but probably the most interesting part of the weekend was we show up and uh, we're staying in Daytona for the weekend. Hard to get a hotel. We gave Jeremy the powers <laughs> to uh, to book the accommodations. And I'll be honest, I've actually never stayed in a more disgusting place in my entire life. <laughs> uh, look like murder scenes happened in, in the hotels. The door locks that had those little chains were all pretty much bent all the way back, which which would tell you that they've been pushed to the max, which is pretty concerning. And uh, <laughs> I actually got up in the middle of the night, went to the bathroom, came back with my phone light on. And there was actually a bug in the middle of my bed. So, <laughs> so anyways, uh, Jeremy's been removed from, from booking travel accommodations for the future, but it was a good trip overall. Hey, uh, don't let those hold you back, dude. Keeping keeping things humble. Um, <laughs> on a different note, for our listeners who don't want to hear about that, over the weekend, my father and I had, had uh, decided we were going to tackle a chicken coop project with uh, scrap wood that we had laying around the farm. So uh, we decided to go down to the hardware store, which who knew hardware was the most expensive portion of the job. We spent a hundred dollars on lag bolts and screws. And I was just like, holy shit. But uh, we got the job done. The chicken coop only leaks a little bit. And we're going to go back with a little flex seal. But um, yeah, uh, let's dive into this, Eric. All right. All right. Today we're here with Matt Stanley. Matt Stanley is from American Pavement and also is the founder of Raised on Blacktop. Welcome, Matt. Thank you, fellas. Happy to be on here. So we're going to dive into a day in the life of asphalt and paving. Uh, it's new for us. Definitely down to get dirty with you. So give us a little bit about where you're from, what you do, how you got your start. Cool. So um, from Danbury, Connecticut, I hear you guys are Connecticut boys originally too. So that's cool. Grew up in the family business. To take it back a little bit to understand where we're at now, uh, my grandfather started paving in 1959. Um, right. Started with a um, truck and a shovel and just literally started from the bottom. Um, my dad worked for his father growing up until he was in his late 20s. And then he decided to break away and started his own company. So that's what you guys know, America Payment Specialist. Uh, been around for coming up on 30 years. Mom and dad own the business. Uh, dad takes care of the field. Mom's in the office doing all the important stuff. What's special about our business is we're a true family business. I'm the youngest of four boys. So you can imagine what that was like growing up all on the job together. Fast forward into, you know, we're all in our 20s, 30s now. So we've all kind of fallen into our roles. But, um, you know, we're still out there every day. We're in the field every day. My dad's in the field every day. So it's been a fun ride. It's stressful. But uh, 
we love what we do. So is it as simple as dad's running the show at the highest level? All four boys are in there. And, and as things over time are going to figure themselves out and all five of you guys are out there on the uh, actually doing the work and, and getting things done every day. Uh, not that simple. Uh, my my <laughs> oldest brother, <laughs> yep. my oldest brother, um, he started his own business. So he's sort of still involved with what we're doing, but he started, we're in big into commercial work now. Yep. So he started his own residential company. Okay. Um, so we team up on big jobs sometimes, but, um, so he's doing his own thing. And then, um, my dad, you know, we typically we have two, three jobs going at a time. So he, you know, he's in the field running machinery. I mean, if you watch our videos on YouTube, like yep. he's literally in the trenches, he's pretty unique, but um, he does a lot of bouncing around too. So Got my it. brother, Jack, um, he's the foreman of the milling crew. Um, and then my brother, Josh is the foreman of the paving crew. And then, you know, if there's a third crew, I'm usually running that or typically I'm on, I'm on a paving machine. So I'm on the paving crew. So me and Josh kind of team up together and we run the paving crew together. But my dad's the type of dude. He's never going to retire. We know that. So he's a true old school, hardest working guy. I know, man. I caught one of your videos the other day. It was the old man. He was, uh, I believe he was in either Staten Island or he was in the city and was behind schedule. And he's like, I either, I either sleep in the truck or I go home, grab a couple hours of sleep and then come back out. I mean, dude, I mean, that's what it's all about. But to see, to see the old man, uh, the guy at the top still grinding it out with the boys. I mean, that's, that's awesome. I mean, that's somebody to get behind. Yeah. I mean, I say this all the time, not only my, my father, my mother, but I mean, their hustle is contagious, you know, just being around my dad, like you want to hustle for him, you know? And the older we get, it's like the more I realize how blessed we are, like the grown up, you know, my dad's young, full energy and, you know, he's ready to go. So there's no <laughs> slacking on our jobs, man. Like even all my guys are, we got a good crew, man, and we don't take no shit and they know that. And, um, we kind of run our business like the military, man. It's, it's kind of crazy, but it's interesting too, because as a business owner, people try to get stuff by you and knowing your business from top to bottom and still being involved you know, you get that guy that that's lagging that day or whatever pops is like, no, 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 no. I'm grinding it out with you. Like, like yeah. it is what it is. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah, um, it's, it's definitely a high bar to, to meet, but it seems like you guys do it well together. It's not easy. People from the outside looking in, you know, they think that, uh, who gives a fuck what they think, but, um, <laughs> we're, we're in the trenches every day, man. It's, it's not, it's, it's a roller coaster for sure. But we, like I said, we love what we do. Um, we're not out there to be the biggest paving company. We acquire growth as it comes as it's necessary, you know, but every day we go out there to be the best. And that's kind of what I've kind of, I try to portray on social media, you know, we yep. care. It's not just about the money. You know, we want to do the best job, just like you guys, you want to make the best boots. Yep. You know, we're all here to make a dollar, but like we're, we want to be the best and we want to be known for being the best. For the listeners that know absolutely nothing about paving, which is very close to where I am, Jeremy probably knows a little bit more, but on a scale of one to ten, I'm probably at a two. Tell us about the industry, like, you know, laying blacktop, like milling, all that stuff. Like, what's the nature of the business? Ripping up old roads, putting in new roads, like... Yeah. So typically, um, if you go right down the line, right? So say a residential company, typically what they're doing is they come in, driveways typically in bad condition. What they do, they bring in anywhere from a skid steer, an excavator. I mean, some guys are picking it out with, 
you know, a sledgehammer and a pick, but you rip up the old driveway. Typically you come back, you know, you throw some gravel down before that and you come back and you pave it. Usually they're laying like two to two and a half inches of, of asphalt on a driveway. Uh, that's typically what gets done on the residential side. Now we're in the con- uh, commercial side. So, yep. you know, our bread and butter is, you know, shopping malls, grocery stores, small plazas, big corporations, you know, uh, and then we also do town work as well. So we have like right now we have three or four uh, town contracts that we're doing. So when you get to the commercial side, um, typically, you know, if you get to a, a property that they take care of their parking lot somewhat, which when I mean that, I mean, you know, they pave it maybe every 15 to 20 years, you know, they're not letting go 30 years. Typically that's what milling comes in. So if anyone doesn't know what milling is, you go on the highway before it gets paved, you, you feel those grooves in the road, right? It's almost like the road was profiled. Yep. Um, so that's what milling is. It's a big, it's a big machine that comes in, has a drum on the bottom full with teeth and it, it profiles the road. So when you get to the bigger end of commercial paving, road paving, that's typically what gets done. You profile, you know, two inches off a job. So you're still paving on top of blacktop, but it's been milled. So you mill off the surface, it gets swept. And then you bring in like, it's, it's called tack coat. It's a very sticky, sticky adhesive that sprays out of like a big, looks like a fuel truck. You spray that down and then you're paving on top of that. So mostly I'd say almost every day, that's what we're doing. Like we got a crew milling it and the paving crew is chasing them. That's two separate processes. It gets done on two different days, but it involves a lot of equipment and it's a high stressful job. It's a hot job too. I mean, I've dealt with a couple of paving crews. We had our parking lot at the shop paved a, a while back, and then it's a it's a hot job. But I actually at at my house used millings as a uh, yep. as yep. my driveway. I was able yep. to stop a town truck during an operation that they had going on, and you mm-hmm. know instead of dumping it, they they took I think it was a hundred dollars for the load. They had a ten wheeler yeah. dumped yeah. it. And we spread it out, and I was like, I mean, this it was good. Yeah, was, that's. On a gravel driver, that's like the best thing to use. It packs hard, you know, rather than gravel. On a heavy rain, right, it could wash out. Uh, but millings, uh, there's still oil left in it. So once yeah. you spread that and you put a good-sized roller on it, I mean, over time, it could it could turn as hard as blacktop. So you definitely well, did those guys a favor. It was it was funny, too. Well, yeah, they charged you 100 bucks to do them a favor. <laughs> well, so they do it by the load. So on a town job, you know, they had to get to their destination, so they get charged by the load. The, the quicker they can do it, so they just right. dumped it off in my property, yeah. right? They were back at the job. You should have charged them. <laughs> I should have. But it, yeah, it was funny. You should have dumped that for free. There was paper in it. There was fabric in it. What was that? fabric really um, yeah so it, uh, so sometimes i've seen like on a cracked parking lot yeah uh, we've we've put down a fabric before it's very rare yeah um, putting down a fabric and that helps to prevent from reflective cracking okay. there's a little in depth here um <laughs> you wouldn't see that on a road job yeah um, but it, it, it could also be um sometimes when they put the um the line striping down that's yeah. like a thermal plastic, yeah. which, which when you're driving on the road, if you ever see like, it looks like the line is super bright when the lights shine on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what it maybe was. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So, and then I think millings, I actually think I just built a house. I had a garage that had a big hole underneath it before they put the cement in. 
They filled that with millings. Oh, with a, you had a sinkhole? No, 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 no. It was it was a dugout base. Oh, okay. It was, but he was. You could fill it with dirt. Or you could fill it with anything. Yeah. He was like, oh no, I filled. You know, the guy was bragging. I filled that with millings. I'm like, well, you did someone a favor filling it. Like, oh, that's really good. You know, that's that's like. I've never heard of filling a garage with millings, but hey, not not, not the out. Yeah, underneath, like that. Basically, yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely packs hard. It, yeah. No, it absolutely does. As you and your brothers get to going, you know, are you guys jockeying for position or is it going to be one of those things that you guys all know your roles and there's a clear path for all, I would say, how many people are still involved with the business now? So as of now, America Payment, there's three brothers still involved. Yep. And my dad and my mom, of course. So we've talked about this, you know, I wouldn't say we have like a succession plan or like, you know this guy's going to be the boss, you know, when dad's finally ready, ready to retire, you know, as companies grow, you know, we're building a business here that it's going to take all three of us to run. I think that, you know, growing up and this could go for a lot of family businesses, you hear that outside noise, like, you know, who's going to be the boss who's, you know, you're going to take orders from him or I don't know if it's good. I don't know if it's bad time will tell, but you know, we try and block that out, take shit a day at a time. Um, we're a team. You know, we, we leave our egos at the door in the morning as our company grows. I think our roles will expand and we'll, we'll place into those roles accordingly. There's no succession plan here, man. We're just taking it day by day. No, it makes sense. I I have a friend who, um, that they own a family farm and it's been years and years and years of passed down from generation to generation. And there's three of them and they've all taken a role that is not, you know, combative. So one's in operations, one's you know, right. doing marketing and the other one's just managing the, so, you know, there, there are paths to continuing that family legacy and it'll yeah. be interesting to see how you guys do it and maybe paving the way for others, because it is a challenge for a lot of people out there that, that have continuing legacies, you know, long-standing businesses and definitely something that people deal with on a, on a daily basis. But yeah, sometimes I think in a family business, your ego gets involved. And, you know, if my brother's going to be the boss one day and and he's doing a good job and that's what it is, then sometimes you have to be a soldier and that's, you know, it's unique about our company, right? So say my dad's on the job, right? He comes in the pavement crew automatically his word goes, right? As soon as he steps off that pavement job, you know, my brother's first in charge, I'm second in charge. When he comes back, then I'm third in charge. If my dad and Josh leave, automatically I'm in charge. And it goes right down the totem pole, just even to our laborers. You know, and that shovel guy, if the rake guy steps off, he now he's raking. And I've, I've explained this before on podcasts, but you guys, New, New England Patriots fans? Oh, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah, we've heard of them a time or two. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, you know, their, their mentality, next man up. Yeah. Do your you job. Know, that's the way we roll. Do your job, no days off. That's how we roll. <laughs> we don't necessarily like train people for the next position higher up, but like, you know, I'm constantly training people. You know, we train people all day. And, you know, if that guy that runs the roller doesn't show up that day, now's your chance. Yep. So you're going to run the roller today. Um, that's kind of how we run our business. And I feel like it works out well. You know, I've never really worked for another company before. A few odd jobs when I was 14, 15 years old. Um, so this is really all I know on, you know, training employees and, and getting people to step up in new positions, but it's worked out for us. And, you know, there's no drama on our crews of this guy's running this machine or vice versa. You know, you do your job and, and then when that guy's not there or he's on another job, now 
it's your shot to, to step up and fill that position. All right. Yeah. So I, I definitely want to hear a little bit more as the founder of Raised on Blacktop. I, I want to hear what that's all about and how you're bringing light to the paving and asphalt community. I started probably, it's all a blur now, man. I'm just probably same for you guys, but um, <laughs> I'd say probably three years ago now. So just to take it back quick, growing up, uh, America Pavement, we're known for our, our, our nice equipment and our nice trucks. You know, we didn't always have 10 Peterbilt sitting in the shop, but when my dad had one truck, it was super clean, armor all, kept all the shit nice, you know? Which is harder, by the way, for what you guys do than most oh, because yeah. Of all the shit that you got, you know, all the chemicals and the, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, it's super tough, man. We spend tons of money cleaning our stuff. But locally, like, we've always been well-known, right? So growing up in school, you know, everybody wanted an America payment hoodie. They all wanted a hat. And, you know, for years, you know, give them to your close friends. Give a hoodie to your girlfriend here and there. But I got into, like, Hopefully the merchandise you, side you of things. out there have those hoodies. Hopefully not too many, right? What's that? Hopefully only a few of those, those lucky Yeah, ones. only the good ones. only the worthy ones (laughs) um but i was always into like you know getting new merch and stuff like that so dealing with a lot of screen printers you know not bad mouthing them but you guys know how it is it's a lot of back and forth and i was getting tired of it you know take a design to them say i want this logo printed on a black t-shirt and they're like oh we can't print black ink on a black t-shirt and i'm like hell with this you know i'm gonna start making these shirts myself so three years ago i bought um, a vinyl press. And I don't know if you guys ever seen like the vinyl cutters. They're like little do it yourself machines. You see a lot of like moms on YouTube use them and you can like put vinyl in, it cuts the vinyl with a program. So I was putting in our logo, cutting out the vinyl and then he pressing them on t-shirts, you know, not making a bunch of them. I was, I started out just making like, you know, I would buy like a Nike hoodie. Typically, you're not going to buy 200 Nike hoodies for your crew, right? So I'd buy like four or five Nike hoodies for me and my brothers, and I would make them myself and print them. Then I started messing around with some you know, other logos and designs, and I was playing with this idea of blacktop. What I really wanted was to be able to wear some, some merch that still represented my family that didn't necessarily have American pavement on it. You know, I didn't know where that was going to lead us to. Um, so I, I came up with raised on blacktop, um, same thing, bought a bunch of Nike long sleeves, printed them on there. Um, we were wearing them and then I was posting them online, started selling them online, uh, just through DM, you know, just people reach out, send them a t-shirt. They pay me through PayPal, you know, real small time. And, um, finally, like I was making like, you know, 50, 75 t-shirts at a time in my room on my ground. And I was like, all right, I got to just go to a screen printer. I got my designs now. So I, I got that first big bulk order, which is probably, I don't know, hundred hoodies. Started that Shopify account and started going from there. My girlfriend helps me with the, um, you know, fulfilling orders and taking care of the Shopify. And now it's a full merchandise website. Um, I sell anywhere from like hats, hoodies, uh, baby onesies, decals. But another reason why I did it was just to like, you know, shine a light on the paving industry. Once I got on social media, I noticed that there was a lot of individuals like myself that I didn't know that before 
you know, getting on Instagram and connecting with these people. You know, I thought I was the only one that grew up in a family paving business that actually wanted to, you know, stay in the business. Uh, but there's a lot of people out there just like me, you know, going back, I wanted to like maybe sell American pavement merch, but I was like, let me come up with a brand where, you know, I could pull the whole industry together. We can all get, get behind something because, you know, all the construction, but especially the paving business, it's super prideful, you know, everyone, uh, a lot of bad mouthing going on. I like to think that we're pretty cool with the local companies here, but, um, super competitive. So I was like, let me create something we can all get behind. And, uh, now it's, it's just taken off like crazy now. So it's pretty exciting. It's fun. I like to do it. It's interesting from my perspective, because, um, you guys are kind of the unsung heroes. I mean, you drive up to Maine on a weeknight, right? And it's road cones after road cones and, and people just get upset over paving crews, but they don't realize like the sweat equity that you guys put into it, you know, after it's done a nice paved highway or, or driveway, I mean, not seal coated or anything like that. It's just, you know, unbelievable. It's almost a work of art. And honestly, you guys aren't in the schools. Nobody's saying, Hey, you should be in asphalt or paving. And you guys are essentially the infrastructure of the United States. So, I, I mean, hats off to you guys. I mean, it's a it's a rough job, but, you know, somebody's got to do it, right? Yeah, no, it's a tough job, but it's definitely an honorable one. We always joke that um, you see it on Facebook, right? People complaining about potholes all winter. <laughs> and we're out here in the spring fixing these roads and they're pissed because they got to wait five minutes in traffic. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> I, I was a, a commercial and residential plow driver. And let me tell you, when I, when I hit anything that was raised, yeah. it almost put me through the windshield. <laughs> and, and so, so I respect a nice paved driveway, a nice paved road. I'm all about it. Oh yeah. I've done a good bit of plowing myself. And when you hit, you know, a manhole or a pothole, you think the truck breaks, right? Dude, it like feels like it folded in half. Like, yeah, yeah. you feel like you're eight feet in the air. It's in, it's insane, but automatically uh, turn that music down. <laughs> and give us a little thing on because I know nothing other than some of my buddies do lay a little bit of asphalt, but but not not like you guys do. Winter versus summer, how does that change things? Obviously, in New England, we get cold winters and summers like temperature and, and obviously gets smoldering hot in July and August, but is in the winter, is it a nice thing to do? Cause you keep, you know, how's that all work out? Yeah. So good question. So we work weather permitting from, I'd say about April till um, we could roll right up until Christmas, as long as we don't get any crazy snowstorms in December. Asphalt is definitely a seasonal business. So come December, some of my guys do get laid off. And, you know, we work so many hours over the summer that they, I think they kind of look forward to it, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with yeah. their kids, with their family. Um, a lot of my drivers get laid off, but we have like four or five guys that we keep on all winter. So in the winter, um, we stay busy though, man, we do all like, we don't have a mechanic per se, um, but we do a lot of maintenance on our equipment, you know, run through all of our machines, top to bottom. Uh, for years, we did a lot of snow plowing, which a lot of pavers do as well. Um, we've kind of inched out of snow plowing um, because it's becoming so much. Um, and then what else do we do in the winter? Uh, a lot of office stuff where, you know, we're bidding jobs all winter. Yep. Um, we also do something that might be a little in-depth for someone that doesn't know paving, but we recycle blacktop all winter. So basically throughout the season, 
Um, that leftover blacktop that normally gets dumped at like a gravel pit, we have a spot where we dump it and it gets crushed up into little, I'd say like pieces like size of a basketball. And we have this machine and you melt it down into hot patch and contractors say utility guys, you know, people doing gas lines in the winter, water main breaks, you know, when there's a water main break in the road, they they're supposed to patch the road with hot asphalt. And since the asphalt plants close from December to April, they have to get hot blacktop somewhere. So we sell hot blacktop all winter. Pretty good gig. We don't, you know, we're not making millions doing it, but it keeps some of our guys busy yeah. and it keeps us on the streets in the, in the winter. So, you know, we always see our trucks out all year round, which is cool. It's not like we're totally shutting down, um, which is tough to do. You know, it's tough to totally shut down, yeah. come back in April and pick right up back up. So being that we're seasonal from April to December, you know, you know, we take Sunday off, but it's really no days off, man. It's nonstop. It's tough on our employees because, you know, we let our guys take a vacation here and there, but you know, if we're seasonal, you know, my guys are getting 60, 70 hours a week. We, we ask our guys to take our, va- their vacations in the winter, you know, yep. other than a funeral or a wedding, man, we need you guys there every day. You know, so it's tough. That's what makes our business so stressful is you got eight, nine months out of the year to, to, you know, feed your family. So for paving guys first starting out, you know, those winters are tough. You know, those are long winters for those guys who, you know, they're not a really established company yet. So I remember when my dad first started, like throughout the winter, you know, he was doing anything for a buck all winter. Now we're established you know, we've cut back on our snow plowing. We're able to go on vacation with the family. Um, so it's different for every company, depending on the size, you know? Yeah. No, but you do what works for you. I mean, you know, I got a, a heavy Marine background and it's interesting because a lot of guys like that. They'll work their way through the summer and, you know, seven days a week, 12 hour days. And then come November, December, they're like, dude, I'm going sledding up North or I'm going right. skiing. And it's, it, you know, it's nice. You know, they'll, they'll pick up a job here and there. So for the yeah. right person, it is an ideal situation. You know what I mean? If you don't like summer and you don't care about grinding it out, your gig is, is the winter months. Like paving seems to be where it's at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It does suck that. Like I wish the business was reverse, right. And we we're busy all winter and <laughs> our summer's off, but that's just not the way it is. It, I always joke, like people say, you know, you ever been to like Cape Cod or Newport? I'm like, that's a summer vacation, man. I've never been up there. You know, I take my vacations down South in, in the winter because that's the only time I can go, you know, well, you gotta get, you gotta get pops to start doing some jobs out on like Nantucket or something like that. Right. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds like a late night for me. <laughs> <laughs> bringing the, bringing the equipment over on the ferry and bringing it back same day. Yeah, no, thanks. So, um, one, one of the cool things that I don't think people realize is, um, so you, you brought up the fact that uh, you have plants that produce asphalt and they produce mm-hmm. it at a temperature that you need to take it from there and bring it to the job. How, how tricky is that for you for scheduling jobs and, and logistics around that? That is the hardest part of our job. Um, you know, asphalt, I th- I'd say it gets made around 350 to 450, 450 degrees. Uh, by the time we get it, it's probably like anywhere from, it should be anywhere from like should be right around 300 degrees. So, but it's a perishable product, right? So, you know, we get a rainstorm that comes in. If that blacktop's sitting on the job and it's raining for two hours, that's going to be like a brick. 
you're not going to be able to lay it, lay that down. We're very dependent on on the weather. We like to think we work fast, so we could squeeze the job in in the morning if it's going to rain in the afternoon. But yeah, man, during the summer, you know, you're checking the weather every day. And not only that, just on the job, you know, you can't have trucks sitting all the time. Ideally, you want a truck, you know, sitting there for ten minutes. Other truck dumps, truck backs in, dump that, and probably three minutes and then it goes back to the plant so on a typical day we'll have 10 trucks running and they'll make you know five trips to the plant and that's that's like a solid day but uh yeah definitely just asphalt being a perishable product it make, it makes our lives very stressful my boss would always be uh an outlet and i and i know a lot of guys do this is like hey he worked with a an asphalt crew and they had you know asphalt sitting in the truck bad day they came down late at our at our job for um yeah for just pennies on the dollar and it was like just to get it off their truck roll it out and be done with it and so having all those logistics and operations figured out is 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 we could be a, we could be a dumping ground here for a bad day <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you got to get lucky it's I, I trust me i've tried and and you got to know people and it, it, it's really a timing thing and, and the asphalt crews really got it down. So, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, it's tough, dude. It's like, we, I get people that stop by our jobs when we're paving a town road, like almost every day. Like oh, if you got a couple, if you got any extra material, you can dump it at my house. But like on a, on the scale, we're doing things, you know, my guys are working 12 hours a day. I'm not telling them to go over and patch some lady's driveway at six. Yeah, right. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm that in me, dude. You know, I don't. It's like maybe um, half a truck will do your whole driveway and that's going to be like 10 grand. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah. That's literally why you have like on residential jobs, guys will go out and bid a job and they'll try to get Mrs. Johnson, you know, Mrs. Anderson, like all in a row so that they could, they could. Well, that happened to my father. And well, then you had the guys that run out of town, which is probably a bad part of your business. Well, not so much for you, but which is, yeah, we're in here. We're doing this driveway. We got extra. Let's, we'll give you a deal. My father-in-law, they laid it down. That thing, that by end of winter, that driveway was destroyed. Buckle. He got taken for a run. Yeah. Yeah. That there's a lot of those out there. And, um, you know, if you want a cheap job you, and it's a cheap price, you, you're getting what you're paying for. You know, yeah, a lot exactly. of people, they, they think that they're going to, they're getting some swinging deal and they're going to have a driveway last for 20 years. And, you know, jokes on you, man. So what is the number one thing that you know now as a seasoned asphalt professional that you wish you knew when you were starting out? Oof, that's deep. Uh, <laughs> um, experience, man. You, the bad days are experience. You know, you have a bad day. You got to learn from that. You know, every day, if something goes wrong, you got to, it sucks, but you got to take that as a learning experience, you know, just, you know, something happens on the job. However you fix that, if it worked, it didn't work, you know, remember that next time. Um, and then I'd also say like, as a foreman, as someone who's leading guys, um, when, when shit gets stressful, like that's, that's the time to like stay calm and fucking buckle down and, and be the man, you know, it's all good when everything's going smooth that's good that you're a good foreman. But when shit hits the fan, when the clouds are black, you know, and you think it's going to rain in an hour, that's when you mean like really have to buckle down and, and, and do your thing. Um, so I just say, you know, 
learning from your experiences and um, just staying calm when, when shit hits fan, because that, that speaks to your character. That actually resonates with me. I mean, to be honest with you, I was a foreman of a shop and then uh, me and my wife started a farm for all our listeners that it's probably, you know, just (laughs) repeating the same thing over and over again. But one thing that my wife told me when, when shit hits the fan is she goes, here I am overthinking the situation. Right. And, And you go to the basics. The tractor won't start. Hey, you know, did you push the clutch pedal? Did you push the brake pedal? And a lot of times, if the gas, you just didn't have gas. <laughs> but a lot of times it's the simplest things that cause the most stressful situations. And as a yep. foreman or as a leader, it's assessing the situation, dialing it back and breaking it down, starting from scratch and saying, Hey, did you do this? And a lot of times it resolves itself. Right. I agree. You know, you, a machine doesn't start in the cold. You know, you don't automatically go get cables, you know, make sure you have those cables, but you know, check the fuse, the fuse probably popped 10 cent fuse. Uh, we, we posted a video yesterday, actually. Uh, my dad was explaining, you know, he said we have a thousand ton road, right? So that's a pretty long road, thousand ton. So we have 10 trucks on the road carrying 20 ton a piece. So at that rate, we have, you know, each round we have 20 grand on the road coming to us, $20,000 worth of asphalt. So when you have a little washer or a a seal that blows, um, that's pretty serious, right? Yeah. So yeah, just like, like you could look at it like a mechanic, right? If you know, truck won't start, you know, you got power or you got power. So it's not the battery, you know, just taking things, just like you said, taking things one at a time. Absolutely. Right. Exactly. it was funny because my brother-in-law called me one day from a job, you know, one of his, one of his landscapers just dumped stone. And he's like, the dump body stuck up. And I was like, Hey, pop the hood. Mm-hmm. There's going to be something that looks like a, a knife switch, like a little breaker. He right. goes, I think I found it. it was over by the, he, he locked it in. It was power up, power down. And yeah. he goes, Holy shit. You know, dump body's going down. And I was just like, you got to boil it down to the simplest you got to start from scratch, right? And and that was look so, at you bragging on, dude. I'm just yes. I'm just saying you gotta you gotta keep it simple. I mean, there's there's a reason why they have kiss. Keep it simple, stupid, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and YouTube, <laughs> yeah, and YouTube, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Awesome. What's the biggest challenge that you're you guys are currently facing, or or you with raised on blacktop? You know, what's the next step for you guys? Uh, finding a pair of work boots that can last us a season, bro. No. <laughs> <laughs> you guys do go hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, as far as raised on blacktop goes, um, so as of now, I don't know what you guys do with merchandise, but I am uh, I buy all my merchandise. I get it at, from a place in Texas. They ship it to me at our shop. I have like a, a loft upstairs where I hold all the inventory. I do all the shipping um, all the customer service. So in the next, actually probably tomorrow, I'm going to sign a contract to team up with a merchandising partner where, um, all my merchandise can be stored at a facility. They're going to ship it, um, fulfill all the orders, ship it, handle customer service, help me with designs. You know, I got to the point where I, I'm not going to say I can't push it anymore, but you know, working 10, 12 hours a day and then getting home and or getting back to the shop and doing 30 orders at night, uh, that takes a toll on me, man. And it's, um, not only is it taken away from the American payment side, cause you know, I could be doing other things at the shop, but 
it's stressful. It's tough. Um, and it's just not scalable at this point. So I'm ready to blow the, blow the brand up. And, um, I think this is the next step. I, hopefully it works out. I think it will. Um, so I'm really excited to get that going. Awesome. 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 All right. So one thing we always like to ask everyone as we, as we kind of close things out is obviously you guys are going hard, especially in the season when you can, since the winters are, you know, a little different, but outside of anything, when you're, when you're able to kind of kind of get away from work, which for you may not be through certain seasons, but what's something you like to do to unwind that has nothing to do with paving, nothing to do with your brand, nothing to do with, you know, completely unwind. Is it, you know, from anything movies to fishing, to hunting, to sitting on a beach. Um, I mean, vacations are fun, right? I like to take a like. I like to go hard on vacation, take a nice luxury vacation in the winter. Um, nice. but I'd say like during the season, I'm 29 years old now. I can't party like I used to. So like <laughs> to to a nice restaurant, me and my girlfriend, a couple friends, you know, go out to a nice dinner, have a bunch of drinks. And, and that's, that's pretty much it, man. Uh, I I'm into cars. Um, so I like to go on car shows on the weekend sometimes, but you know, my hobby now is raised on blacktop. So when I'm not working, you know, um, I'm doing everything else. Yeah. When you're vacationing, where, where obviously it sounds like that's a winter time. Is it going down to Florida or or different places every year and exploring, or is you have a spot that you like to go to, or how's that work out? Um, when we were kids, um, my mom and dad had a timeshare in uh, Kissimmee, Florida, right outside Orlando. Oh, nice. Oh yeah. 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 So that was like our spot when we were kids, they'd take us out of school for two weeks and we go down there. But now that I'm a little older, got a little money. Um, last winter, I went to Mexico. Actually, I've been to Mexico two years in a row now. Right in a big Airbnb, right on the beach. I had a pool. I had a blast. So, yeah, um, that's, that's don't call me territory. I'm I'm that far away. Like I can't be yeah. back for any. I was working out there, man. Sending emails back and forth. But uh, <laughs> yeah. awesome, awesome. You guys are pretty, uh, you know, powerful on social media. But if anybody wanted to find you or what you guys do or wanted to get involved in that trade, where are some of the places they can find you? We're big on Instagram. That's probably our most popular platform. Um, so at America payment at raised on blacktop do a lot on Facebook too, but you know, I don't really reply to Facebook messages as much. So if someone wants to contact us, just send us a DM, try to filter them through like, you know, at least once a night. Um, and then right now we're pushing YouTube a lot. Um, so we didn't get to talk about this, but we, we got a videographer on our team, my boy, Shane Dana, he, and the kid's a beast, man. He puts together these really cool YouTube videos. When he first started, we were doing like our our videos kind of look like commercials. They were montages with good music. Uh, but now we're like adopting the vlog style a little bit, which means like, you know, less edits. Uh, we still mix in like cool drone shots and B roll and stuff, but you know, just showing people behind the scenes because, I I read all the comments and that's what people want to see, you know, so yep. last video we did, I just threw Shane in the truck, my dad and my dad was going from job to job and just bullshitting with them and, you know, telling them, you know, every day in the life type of thing. Yeah. Yep. The real deal. Um, right. So YouTube's like what I'm trying to push right now. Uh, it's yep. a lot of fun. It, it's hard to put out consistent content on there, but we're trying to do one a week is a, is a goal of mine. Um, and just, see where that could take us. Social media has been insane for us. 
just like you guys, um, we, we, we've had an established business already, you know, we got enough work. We're not really getting work offline. Although we do a little bit, we're John Deere influencers now. And that all comes from, you know, not only putting 30 years of blood, sweat and tears in, but social media, you know, we're the, yeah. we're the largest followed paving company in the world. And, um, to, to be partnered up with John Deere on something like that is like insane to me. And it's something oh, yeah. that I, you know, it's always been a goal of mine, but it's pretty cool to make that happen. Oh yeah. No, we love it. We love it. This is incredible. Everything from the one-on-one into what the blacktop world is to obviously at the level you guys are at is, uh, is incredible. We're, we're super appreciative of you taking the time even to sit down with us and kind of talk through it and, and all that stuff. It's such a unique world and and so critical for the infrastructure of one, the States that we, we both live in, let alone the country. And so, uh, so no, we're super, uh, super appreciative of that. Dude, and throwing it back to the 860, welcome to uh, Connecticut, Connecticut founder, as you go, you know, Connecticut business, Connecticut is shaking and moving. Yeah. Uh, real, real quick, guys, I want to ask about your NASCAR. You guys run that every race? You got pick and choose races? Because we we sponsor a NASCAR as well. So we uh, we ran six cars, six races this year. We ran so. Daytona. We ran Fontana, California. We ran Las Vegas. We ran Phoenix, Arizona. We ran Loudoun, uh, New Hampshire in our backyard. Then we finished it off in Daytona in the fall. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. That Daytona race was cool, huh? Dude, oh, it, was talk, it was it was a bloodbath. <laughs> it was a bloodbath. We blew our engine, but oh well. We, we, <laughs> yeah. we our car was actually we blew our engine right before the bloodbath. So luckily our car, $200,000 didn't go down the drain. That would have been a, a lot of cars got wrecked in the last, last, you know, that, that was unusual, you know, after mid, you know, almost midnight start, we were racing till like two and almost two in the morning. Really? Wow. You guys did Xfinity, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're in the Xfinity series. Yep. 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 Yeah. We, we did the truck series. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Truck series is awesome. Good stuff, man. It's fun, man. Well, thanks for being on the podcast. And, uh, I really appreciate you taking your time out of your busy schedule to get down and dirty with us. Likewise, man. I'm thank you for having me on big fan of what you guys are doing and a huge thank you for, you know, all the support you showed to the industry, having guys like me on your podcast, you know, reposting everyone's content. It, it means a lot and you, you're shining a light on our industry and I respect that. 